Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you'll be uplifted, empowered and revived by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now let's get into this week's message. I'm so thankful for you guys. Wherever you've come from, whatever your story has been before this moment, I'm thankful for the next few minutes, at least our stories are combining. And maybe if it's just for a few lines, I hope that maybe it's for a few paragraphs or chapters, but if it's just for a few lines, I hope that what you experience today um, is a lot less about a speaker or a brand or a church service or great singing Um, don't let the great graphics fool you. We're pretty normal people. Okay. (laughs) I hope, I hope what you experience today is a God that just like you said about Jeremiah before the world, before the foundations of the world were laid, he knew your name. He destined you. He purposed you. And if you leave here with anything, I hope that your eyes, uh, your heart is perhaps enlightened that you can see that in a greater way. Is anybody, anybody interested in that promise? Amen? Let's pray together uh, before we get started. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can breathe deep today and know that you are God. I just ask, Father, that, that in our hearts that you would awaken, uh, you would give us the courage to even recognize the hunger that we already have on the inside of us for something that's transcendent, something beyond what we can taste and touch and see, um, and that we can sense you today, that we can hear your word, uh, we can sense your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you are new to our faith family, so glad, and I see new faces all over the place. Perhaps um, you aren't as new to Ramp Church as maybe you are to an in-person space, maybe you've been tuning in online. Uh, I can't wait to get to know your story. So please, 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 I-, I would love to meet you after service. And if for some reason we don't connect, please connect with somebody else at Ramp Church because um, this is so much more than just like a Sunday service. That's just like a little slice of what it means to be a part of Ramp Church. There is, there's a community that the breath of God is breathing in and out. And I just, just want to encourage you to connect with somebody else. Uh, I also just want to thank you, before I get started with my message, for enduring, like, the lack of seating and um, kind of trying to figure out how to get here. And I know that's such an inconvenience, coming into a space and going, wow, there's not even enough seats for the people that are here. I just so appreciate you guys being willing to just to throw a chair up wherever and, and sit. And yeah, come on, it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it to be in the presence of God. And the most honored guest here today, and I'm, I'm so thankful all of you guys are here, but the most honored guest here today is the creator of the universe. He's the most honored guest. And um, if, if, you, if you're exploring faith, maybe you've never just even been in a church before, maybe someone's paid you to be here. Um, I've heard some stories before about how people get other people to church. Whatever the reason is... Um, he is the most honored guest in this space. And there have been people who have been praying for you um, uh, for many weeks, but even this morning, there's been a dedicated space. We, and, and we have now, st- started this morning, we have prayer and worship every Sunday morning from 9.30 to 10.30. 
and it's just a dedicated space to minister to God and to hopefully invite, uh, invite him into our city. He's already in our city, um, but it's, it's really more about awakening our ability to sense him and see him and know him. So if you want to be a part of that, feel free to come back next Sunday morning, 9.30 to 10.30. But either way, we'd love, we'd love to see you here again. If you are new and you've yet to get like one of our welcome packs, um, the reason, the way you know that what that is, it's a canvas bag that has the ramp logo on that. Be sure to grab one of those before you leave. It's a bit of details about who we are. And we would love to get to know you. So there's a welcome card on your seat. You can fill that out even better. It's even easier online if you just want to like click that QR code and... Uh, uh, I don't, uh, sorry, that's the end of the advertisements. It's not really advertisements, it's really just practical ways to get connected, and I want to make sure you know those. So, anybody ready to dive into the Word? Yeah. Come on. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on faith today, and um, surprise, right? We're in church speaking on faith. Um, and if you're, if you're joining us online, thanks. Thanks for being a part. And who better than to help us in this faith journey than Abraham? So we're going to read a short passage about Abraham, and then I'm going to unpack some thoughts for you. My, my desire is that wherever you're at in your faith journey, you leave with, one, with at least one step. Can you say that with me? Say one step. Sometimes we're interested in life change. We're interested in growth. Maybe you know an area in your own life where you wished was different. Can you think about that area right now? Just think about that. I wish that was different. Most of the time, we compare that area of our life that I wish was different, I wish was changed, to someone who's, who's maybe particularly strong in that area. Right? It's the Instagram effect. You know what I'm talking about. Parents, especially, you know what I'm talking about, where your friend goes on holiday, and they... they, they put that one photo of the one millisecond of their entire holiday where the kids are happily holding the ice cream cones on the beach. It's not melted down their hand. Um, It hasn't fallen on the floor. And everybody happens to be smiling at the same time. And that's the only photo they post of their holiday. And you get it while you're on your holiday because you're trying to do a little five-second escape because chaos is like over here, right? And you see their one photo, and all of a sudden you go, oh, okay, all right, all right. See, uh, we just, my family, we just got back from, from America. I have been working on my Manchester accent, but in case you didn't notice, we are from America. And so we, we, we just spent a little time in the summer there, and anytime you go on a big trip, we, we have three kids, it's, it's not a holiday, it's moving house. That's what it is. It's, it, it's moving house. You, you don't just like throw a couple outfits in. It, it's like everything in the wardrobe and the dresser is out on the floor. And you're trying to figure out, okay, we're, we're like planning outfits every single day for the entire trip and weighing luggage. Anybody ever done that? Because the worst thing in the world is getting to the ticket counter and they're like, I'm sorry, you're a half a pound over. Are you serious right now? Yes, can you please transfer from that bag to that bag? Do you realize both of the bags, both of these are going under the plane? You want me to move a half a pound from that bag to that bag? Yes, please, sir, because we cannot have a... Okay, all right. It's moving house, right? Moving house. That is the holiday where you look at the Instagram version of someone else's 
life. So in our own lives, in our own worlds, we may look at the area that I wished was different. We compare it with someone else's finished product, maybe their strength, maybe their gift. But what if today God's invitation to you was one step? Maybe not 10 steps, one step, one step closer. And here's what I believe, this is what I'm believing for you today. And if maybe you don't have the faith to believe this, maybe you haven't found the words to pray this. This is what I've prayed. This is what I am praying for you. Wherever you're at in your faith journey, that in the next 40 minutes or so, you can take one step closer. One step closer. It doesn't necessarily mean you become a, a, a diehard church fan. Maybe you do want to tattoo the ramp logo on your shoulder. I wouldn't recommend it. It'd be a pretty ugly tattoo. But maybe you do want to be a part of the church. Maybe you do want to join a home group. Maybe you do want to serve. But if there's anything I could ask today, it's at least one step closer. Not to church, to Jesus today. And Jesus has a family, so church is important. But today, that's, that's my prayer for you. And so let's, let's let Abraham, the father of our faith, be a guide today. So we're going to read from Hebrews chapter number 11. So if you have your Bible, feel free to turn there. Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to start in verse number 8. We're just going to read two verses, verse 8 and verse 10. And you can find that on your phone, find it on your Bible, or if not, it's right here on the screen. We'll read it together. So it was by faith, say by faith, that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. You see, may, th- this, this one sentence doesn't maybe translate as much to us, but Abraham was a dude that lived about 4,000 years ago. And he lived in the southern part of, of modern-day Iraq, and the, the idea of leaving your family was a foreign idea to a, to a very communal society. Society that, that really based their entire worth, their value, and their identity uh, on the, the shared identity of family. So to succeed in life, very different than our modern idea. The, you know, the mo- modern salvation in, in the West, here in Manchester, thriving, fast-paced city, success, salvation in our society is self-fulfillment, right? It's like I, whatever I have to overcome to like un, uh, to find the me that's hidden in here that's that's what I've got to do doesn't matter who I have to leave behind it doesn't matter who I have to step on uh, self fulfillment is the ultimate goal and that ultimately and this uh, this is a different message but that leaves us just as empty as any other pursuit but that was not how it was in Abraham's culture. In Abraham's culture, the way to find worth and value and meaning was to bring worth to your community, to your family. So the idea of leaving your family, that's a foreign idea. It's not like he, it's not like he had a reality show to like watch and go, oh yeah, they left their family. I'll do that too. It took a radical encounter with something that was extremely paradigm-shifting for him. Now, 
because of a beautiful economy of language that the biblical writers use, they packed all that in one sentence. (laughs) By faith, Abraham obeyed God and left the land and the family and his heritage and his inheritance and his value and his identity and everything he'd ever known and everybody who'd ever called him uh, beyond what his current standing in life was. Abraham left everything. Everything. And he did it for a God that he didn't have a Bible for. He didn't have ramp church. He didn't like go to a ramp church service and like someone preach and goes, you know what, it'd be good to leave my family and go on the mission field. No, none of that. No paradigm. No history. No religion. Are you with me? And actually, every paradigm he had was pointing him in a different direction. What was the one thing that turned it all? This tiny little word, faith. If you think faith today is a light thing, then I think like me, we're all on a journey of discovering the God behind the faith. And I'm getting ahead of myself. That's my first point, but we'll get there in a second. Let's read. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing. Does that freak anybody else out? He went, I, I, I am ultra planner, dude. So like, when I know something's coming, it's, I, I am over prepared for that thing. I like spontaneous. But I like planning, okay? I like planning. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. It's amazing because we think faith is a one-time thing. Like following Jesus is like a decision I made back then. But the same thing that made Abraham leave his land is the same thing that kept him in the place that God called him to be in. Can I just tell you what got you here, and this is for people of faith, It'll keep you here too. Are you hearing me? This is is in Galatians when Paul would say, and I'm speaking to those of you that have faith right now. This is where Paul would say, why would you start off in the spirit and end in the flesh? Why would you trust God for the beginning, but then shift your trust and your reliance to your own strength? There's only one reason we do that. Because things didn't turn out the way we wanted to. Things get hard. But, but, Abraham's journey is one that started by faith and it continued by faith. For Abraham was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob. This was his son and grandson who inherited the same promise. Sometimes your faith is going to cost you dearly. And it's even going to be something, it's going to be a mandate, an inheritance that your kids inherit. Who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city, I almost called this message, living in tents, Dreaming about cities, but I think that's a different message. With eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. I don't think this message is too um, is 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 probably too out of the box for a church service. We're talking about faith. We're in a church service, right? But I think maybe what is not is maybe not what's readily apparent is that I actually think all of us are people of faith. Um, I spoke to someone. Someone came to one of our prayer meetings this past week who. Uh, described himself as an agnostic. And maybe, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe that's the way you describe yourself. Um, all of us certainly know people who are there. 
And through conversation, it's, you start to see that everybody fills gaps in their life, in their understanding, and their experience with something. And may, what do you call that something? I, I, I'm going to call that something faith. Right? Sometimes that, that, that gap, maybe we say we haven't discovered that yet. We don't know what it is. But ultimately, it's faith. We have gaps in our understanding about reality. And we'll call that faith. And this is the principle that I think is important for all of us to understand. No matter where you're at in your faith journey, it's this right here. The question isn't about the presence or absence of faith. All of us have faith. It's about the object of your faith. It's not about whether you have faith or not. There's some gap in your understanding on what's important or valuable or meaningful or eternal, lasting, transcendent in your world and your view of reality. It's not about whether that's there or not. It's what is it based on? Is it something that, that is solid? Is it something that's significant? Like, I mean, even think about it like this. Have you ever heard somebody describe someone else in their life? Well, they're just not dependable. You just can't, you can't have faith in them. You can't trust them. We have, we all, we have faith. It's, it comes out in everyday life. I love this. Uh, Jesus teaching in John chapter 5. And, and he says this. He's speaking to religious leaders right here. He says to them, you pour over the scriptures because you presume that by them you possess eternal life. These are the very words that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. What's Jesus saying? You're, you're looking for something else to find what you can only find in me. What's your by them? For these guys right here, it was their studies. It was their knowledge. It was their ability to, to, to possess some kind of what they felt like super natural revelation beyond maybe what the everyday person knew. Jesus says, you're missing it. It's really about a person. What is, what's that for you? What is that space that's filling the gaps? What's that, what, what are you filling the, the, the emptiness, the empty spaces with? And this is the question that I want to ask you before we get on to teaching a bit more about faith. Does the object of your faith actually deserve your faith? So you have faith somewhere. You're, you're filling the gaps with something. You're explaining meaning and identity, purpose. You're explaining it with something. You're measuring your worth against something. You have faith in your efforts and they're leading to something is that object, does it actually deserve your faith? Because if you think about faith like currency, you're spending it somewhere. You are spending it somewhere. Is what you're spending worthy of your expense? Does the object of your faith deserve your faith? I hope today you can see that we're really in many ways on level playing field. Because if you've never maybe considered the idea of the Christian faith, then now you get to analyze what is the object of my faith. But even if maybe you've been walking with God longer than I've been alive, we still have to look at facets of our life and go, 
is that really God or is it just a form of God? Am I acting Christian or is Jesus really there? Whatever the facet, we have the opportunity this morning to ask, does the object deserve my faith? And now I, I want to break down Abraham's story a bit um, in a few, few points. Is that all right? Let's look at this right here. This is the first principle I want, I want to teach you about faith. Faith is about uniting with God. It's not about using God. Did you hear me? Faith is about uniting with God. It's not about using God. Let me say that in a different way. Faith is, is not about getting stuff. It's about getting God. Do you know the reason why Abraham was okay to leave the place he'd known to go to a place he'd never been to before? Because the object of his faith was not the land. It was the God who made the promise in the first place. When we realize that the faith we have, the faith we have an opportunity to have, is not about obtaining some thing that we're desiring to get meaning or value from, but it's about uniting with God himself, it transforms the way we interact with faith. You see, we we have an interesting relationship in in the church and Christianity, especially in modern times. Historically, this isn't the case. But in modern times, we have an interesting relationship with suffering. I think the past 18 months has definitely shown us that. We have an interesting relationship with suffering. Some of us in the Christian world, we don't have a place for our mind in that. Now, historically... Christians were some of the best, uh, excuse this, the, the way I'm saying this, the best sufferers in the world. Actually, Hebrews spends a couple chapters talking about them. Why? This is what Hebrews says, because they were able to look towards a better day when everything that is wrong will be made right. So they could endure what the Bible calls present suffering, for the hope of something that's to come. Why could, he, why could uh, Abraham endure sleeping in tents as a foreigner in the place that God actually gave him as an inheritance? Because he was dreaming about a future city. He, he's sleeping in a tent, but he knows God's called him to have cities. How could he do that? Because in the middle of the tent, he's not sleeping in the tent at night dreaming about how hard the tent is. No, no, no. The, 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 the writer of Hebrews tells us what he's dreaming about. He's not waking up at three in the morning anxious about what's going to happen with his family and how do I keep this going with tents. This is what he's dreaming about. He's dreaming about what God's promised him that he knows I'm on the space of land. But if I can just keep going from faith to faith and strength to strength and glory to glory, I will end up in, a, in an eternal city. Anybody believing for some promises from God? By faith. Faith is about uniting with God. One of the first things faith is going to require of you is that you disconnect your heart and your longing from everything that's inferior to God. Because our hearts are so willing to connect with things that will never satisfy. 
it's the same sensation you get when you just can't stop eating crisps out of the bag. Like, I need to stop. I really need to stop. That sense, that's what our heart does to inferior things. Why? Because they're, they're cheap. They're easy to access. They're here and then they're gone. You with me? But they leave us more empty than they found us. The, one of the first things faith is going to require of you is that you de-unite. Can I just make a word up right now? You de-unite yourself from every other source and you unite with God. Tim Keller says it like this. He says... The only love that won't disappoint you is one that can't change, that can't be lost, that's not based on the ups and downs of life or of how well you live, that not even death can take away from you. God's love is the only love like that. What's the invitation? It's to connect with something that nothing on this earth can tarnish. That's the invitation. That's the journey of faith. And this is what Tim Keller's trying to get at right here. It's this principle. Biblical faith unites you with an unchanging God. Maybe the journey of faith meant Abraham was changing locations. But the reason why his heart didn't sing is because he uh, did, not, did not get sad is because he was connected to an unchanging God. Biblical faith unites you with an unchanging God. So how do you, how do you grow that kind of a faith? Here's, here's the principle. Here's the principle right here. Your faith grows when you gaze at God. Your faith grows when you gaze at God. That's the invitation. If you wonder what the book of Psalms is about, this is what it's about. You read that, I know it's saying weird stuff like, God... Break the teeth of my enemies. (laughs) But that's said in the context of gazing at God. Because you realize when you gaze at God who is perfect justice, that as I'm gazing at perfect justice, anything that's unjust in the world, something in me starts to stir. I go, that's not right. There's there's something. That's That's why we have a disproportionate population of social workers in Ramp Church. Why is that? It's, it's funny. Half the people you meet in Ram Church are like, what do you do? I'm a social worker. <laughs> we don't recruit at local universities for social workers. I promise. Why is that? There's something in your heart as you start to gaze at God that wants to bring justice in an unjust world. When, you're, when you gaze at God, your faith grows. That's what Psalms is about. If you want to learn how to gaze at God, read people who have been gazing at God for centuries. Something happens when you look at him. How do you do that? You spend time in in prayer. It's not spooky. It's not weird. Most of the time, um, it's pretty simple. Sometimes it's kind of boring. But sometimes you get a glimpse of the divine. And it's enough to make you come back for more. (laughs) You read the word. That's how you gaze at God. You, You read the stories of people who have gone before you gazing at God for centuries. That's what you do. And as you gaze, your faith starts to to be aligned with the one who is faithful, the one whose love is unchanging. 
So the first thing we need to understand is that faith is about uniting with God, not using God. Amen? We'll never have Abraham's faith if we, if, 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 if we can't understand that the journey is about connecting with God, not to the promise. The second principle I want to, I want to teach you today about faith is this. Faith comes in seed form. Faith comes in seed form. Um, if there's any one of these three points that I'm, I'm really not into, it's this one. Because I want the finished product. Right? I hate waiting. I want the finished product. I don't want God to give me an acorn. I want an oak tree. Are you with me? Please don't give me a promise. If you gave me the thing, I wouldn't need a promise. Hey, when you were a kid, didn't you hate when your parents were like that? And you're like begging for something. They're like, no, I'll get it to you. I promise. You're like, okay, great. Like, no, I want the thing. I don't want a promise. I don't want seed form. I want the whole thing. And this is really important in our journey of faith. And it's important for Abraham because when he got the initial word, he didn't even know what the land looked like. He was sad. Why? Because he was satisfied with a seed. God gave him a seed, and the faith bit was to know everything God's promised is in this seed. I don't see the final version, but there's something significant enough about this seed that I'm willing to leave everything I've ever known. Have you you experienced that kind of a faith? A seed form faith. A faith that's supernatural, that comes from God. That's a gift from God. It's granted from God. But like any seed... Faith must be stewarded. Can I teach you this right here about the the life of faith? It's this next principle. Faith is not a course you master. It's a journey you live. When when I was preparing for this message, I was looking back at some of my past messages that I've spoke on faith. And I have spoken a lot on on faith. Um, a, A lot. To the point I was like, maybe I don't need to speak on faith again. Like... Let's be on this too often. And then I started to realize, wow, there's a, this is a vast topic. There's a lot to talk about faith. I mean, we could have volumes of books about faith. And then I started to realize this. I don't know if all this knowledge that I've amassed about faith has actually impacted my own faith life. Can we just get real? Is it okay if your pastor's a little real with you? And that's where this point came from. Because faith isn't a university course. You don't read a textbook on faith and you are a person of great faith. Faith is a journey. It's a journey you live. It's a journey that, that, that causes you to leave one thing for something of greater value. Don't, don't tell me you don't know that concept. Every person knows that concept. Have you ever created a budget? It's because you realize if I eat out every night this week, I won't eat at all for the rest of the month. The, that's the concept, right? That's, that's the concept. I am delaying what I would really love to do now because of, uh, because of something coming, right? That, that's an element of what Abraham was stepping into. He, but the, the, the difference is, it's not numbers on a page, it's a promise from God. It's something that God gave him in seed form, and he realized the best thing I can do with the seed I've been given is step out. That's the best thing I can do. Do you want more faith? You know the best thing you can do? Use the faith 
you have. Use the faith you have. You go, I, you know, Joe, you guys talk about people being healed, and we've seen amazing healings in, in Ramp Church in our community, but I don't, I don't have faith for that. I, I cannot pray for healing. Okay, what do you have faith for? Start there. Start there. Where, where is that? What does that look like? I remember even the starting of, of the Ramp and Ramp Churches and, and the, the global family kind of we're a part of. Stacy and I's mentors, Pastor Rick and Karen Tower, the founders of, of the Ramp, um, this whole movement started with a tiny little youth group, seven kids in a country town in Alabama, okay? It's kind of like Gideon. When God chose Gideon, Gideon's like, I'm the lowest in my family. My family's the lowest in my tribe, and my tribe's the lowest in the whole nation. That's kind of like Alabama <laughs> in America. We're kind of like in that place, like, okay, God, if you want to move here, I mean, it's up to you, but do you know, do you know what this place is like? That's how Alabama is. But... Pastor Karen started working with, with youth in a youth group with a seed. God didn't give her multiple campuses, 25 broadcast networks around the world, a school of ministry, conferences that are packed with young people every month. He didn't give her that. He just gave her, just go work with the young people in your community. Seven kids? That's really what you want me to put hold on my career plans to go talk to seven kids in the back of a storefront church. That's what you want. See, she didn't see faith as a course that she had already mastered. No, I'm too big for seeds. You don't know where I've been, God. You don't know who I am. Do you know the stages I preached on? I mean, the stuff we tell God is astounding. The stuff we tell ourselves. She didn't do that. You know what she did? That's a seed. I recognize the one who's, who's handing this seed to me. And for me, I'm not going to debate the contents of the seed or the future of the seed because I'm united with the one who gave it to me. And seven kids turned into 30 kids, turned into 300 kids, and now there's been over 400,000 people come through her conferences. Started with a seed. If you think you've mastered the course of faith, you're missing faith because journey... Faith is not a course you master, it's a journey you live. And this is what you got to understand about your faith. It's this next principle. Start with the faith you already have. Start with the faith you already have. Just look at what, what do I have, how can I use it? What do I have and how can I use it? Max it out. Max it out. Why? You want more and this is the principle, this is why. It's this next point. Your faith grows when you use it. Your faith grows when you use it. Ben, can you come, can you come up, please? I just want to close this in prayer here in a bit. Faith is not a course you master. Faith is a journey you live. One of my favorite things about Ramp Church is that it's a community of people all on this journey together. You know, the most life-giving aspect of Ramp Church in the season of lockdown has been our community groups. And it's been amazing because people have connected on Zoom, um, which is a four-letter word, Zoom. I know all of us are, have experienced that over the past 18 months. But people have used that tool in incredible ways to connect with each other. And it's been life-giving relationship. Why? Because they haven't seen faith as something I do on a Sunday morning. Faith is a journey I live with others. Amen? While the band's 
getting set up, I just want to give you this final point. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. This final point. This is what I want to pray with you. See, some of you have given up somewhere on the journey. Most of the time we give up not because God's not faithful. We give up because we know we're not faithful. Right? Like we throw in the towel. We go, I can't, I can't keep up with this faith journey. It's just the, the demand is too high. P- church people are too good. And I'm not one of those. But this is the amazing thing. I, I, it's, it's amazing when, when people tell me that about church or their faith life. They go, you know, church just isn't the place for me. It's like Christianity is just, it's just a bunch of people that are just really good. And I'm not in that category. I'm like, have you ever read the Bible? Abraham... It's amazing how the Bible, the New Testament, which was written 2,000 years after Abraham's life, describes Abraham's life. Because the the New Testament gives Abraham's final answer. But the Old Testament, Abraham's story of his life, it gives every answer. And most of his answers were pretty bad. The dude failed big and he failed often. He didn't see God bringing the promise through his wife, so he slept with one of his servants. The dude was scared for the safety of his own family in a foreign nation, so he lied to everybody that his wife was actually his sister. Not sure the logic behind that, but hey, he did it. He didn't ask me about the logic. The dude failed often and he failed big. But you see, when we define our own life, we, we do it like a bookkeeper, like an accountant. You have two lines, failures, successes. And then we look at the bottom and we go, man, there's no way I'm a person of faith. There's, there's no way at the end of all this, I'm getting over the line. I mean, it's just impossible. It, it can't happen. Um, I've done the books and I'm way in the red. But you see, the thing, the thing about biblical faith, the thing about Christian faith, is your success is not based on how well you do, how well you perform. It's about where we started, the object of your faith. And when you move your faith from your own performance and you shift it to the one who gave his life for you, all of a sudden, faith becomes your final. It may not be every answer. On your worst day, you may be going, yeah, faith is not, it's, oof. That's the last thing that would describe this day is good faith. But at the end of it all, it's not about every answer. It's what's the final answer. Where ultimately, I know today I struggled. It's kind of like forgiveness. Have you ever been hurt so bad that like, I'm sorry, I forgive you, just didn't do it. And it felt like a daily, sometimes multiple times a day. I choose to forgive. I choose to let that go. Sometimes faith is like that. Today, I don't feel faith-filled. <laughs> I don't feel alive. But you know what? I'm not, I, 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 my, my final answer isn't based on my own performance. It's based on one who gave their life so that I could find the life that I can't find on my own. Faith gives your final answer. 
even when it's not every answer. Would you stand up on your feet all around this place?